0: It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. Good morning to you all. I'm Dr. Vincent Medici. This show I think we're going to have to do in two parts, but I want to get you the information. The topic, you bring it to me. That's how I come up with these topics i just scan the interest i see across the board in my office every month blood thinners and statin drugs this is on everybody's mind we have a phenomenal percentage of americans being told they need blood thinners and cholesterol lowering drugs specifically the statin drugs this is on everybody's mind whether You've had a heart attack, a stroke, whether you've got some sort of clotting disorder, or so you're told, or whether you're on your way and you're carrying hematologist, or you're carrying internist or you're carrying cardiologist once you on the drugs. What do you do? How do you make these decisions? Well, you know my end of it. You, to make an informed decision, you have to have an education and an understanding. So let's see what we can do. Statin drugs. You know Lipitor, Simistatin, anything with the word statin in it, you'll know if you're on a statin drug. The idea is lower the cholesterol and you'll lower the rate of plaque formation. Plaque formation. And of course plaque formation can cause a massive blood clot because when the plaque breaks off, it initiates an inflammatory response, which simply means the immune system cells clump blood, and the plaque and the clump of blood creates a blockage. It's a stroke or a heart attack, some sort of cardiovascular emergency. So you're told, based on numbers, LDL numbers, VLDL numbers, oxidized LDL numbers, all sorts of numbers. Based on those numbers, your doctor will say, well, you're above, say, in the case of pure cholesterol, 180. And therefore, you should go on a statin drug. And there's great debate about it. Does cholesterol create plaque and therefore a clot? and therefore a cardiovascular event, a heart attack, or a stroke. So that's the backdrop. And of course, it's controversial. Why? Because it's not just cholesterol that increases your risk. And abundant in the literature is a concept that it's not the cholesterol, it's a certain type of cholesterol, the small particle c- cholesterol, refined to another concern called the oxidized LDL. Oxidized LDL is what your cardiologist should order. LabCorp will measure it, but they don't, they won't. And yet, you'll read dozens of cardiologists, cardiac surgeons all stating that's what should be measured because when we say cholesterol, we have to qualify. Is it the cholesterol that will stick to the wall of the artery? And is it the artery that's like Velcro that wants the cholesterol to stick? These are concerns. And there are many concerns as to whether cholesterol will actually drive plaque formation. So, if the cholesterol is not oxidized, meaning if the cholesterol you make, I'll make a great analogy, you'll get it. Up there in Eskimo land, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, you didn't see a lot of heart disease. And yes, yes, when you say that, some nitwit will go up there to Alaska. And look at the Eskimo populations today and say, that's not true. Even the outlanders up there, that's not true. They're all ridden with this. And of course, they're idiots because we're not talking about the modern-day Eskimo who lives half of his life on toxic seal blubber and then the other half of his life on Coca-Cola. We're not talking about the modern-day Eskimo. But if you go back 100 years, 150 years... We know that those Eskimos kept their arteries clean. The Swedish up there, you know, you ever heard of the Laplanders? If you study Swedish medicine, going back 100 years, they were slicing the arteries open of old Laplanders, the ones way north, north of any Aryan population, the Eskimo, but in northern Scandinavia. and. There was no plaque in those arteries. So what they'll do is they'll say you can't talk about an Eskimo because Eskimos are way up there on the heart disease list, and that's my point. you got to go back years ago. And if you do, and you study the Eskimo a long time ago, over 100 years ago, and the medical, the dissections that were done, you'll find that they didn't have much plaque. And yet they were eating nothing but saturated fat. And based on that, modern-day cardiology, there's lots of names that are associated with this, cardiac surgeons are saying, look, it's not cholesterol that does it. It's oxidized. It's cholesterol that has been chemically altered, and I'll skip the detail on that, that makes it very sticky. So this is one source of debate. The second source of debate is the arterial wall. If you smoke cigarettes, if you have lots of stress, If you work down at the Long Beach Port and all you're doing is sucking in fumes all day. If you're on any variety of toxicity exposures, whether it's what you ingest or breathe. The wall of the artery, take cigarettes as your classic example. The wall of the artery will become sticky. It'll be all poked up. It'll be like Swiss cheese. It'll turn to Velcro. In the inflammatory process that ensues within the blood, the cholesterol will oxidize and get all sticky, and the wall of the artery will also derange and get sticky. So up there 100 years ago, that wasn't happening to the Eskimo, and cholesterol levels that must have been three, four, 500, it didn't make much of a difference. And that's where this, well, cholesterol doesn't cause it, comes from. On the other side, we know that cholesterol drives it if it's sticky. So that's one source of the problem. There is a debate. In other words, we don't have a clarification. So you're John Q. Public. You walk in and you're told to take a cholesterol-lowering drug. So here's the refinement. You can see how we're going to need two parts. Here's the refinement. The refinement is, if you are atypical, overweight, semi-diabetic, sedentary, cave-dwelling, computer person, if you are a McDonald's-eating, bagel-sucking, Coke-drinking, Starbucks-consuming, longshoreman, construction lawyer, whoever you are, if you are what we can just call the stereotypical urban dweller, I'll leave the rest to your imagination. One could say you should do a statin drug because your cholesterol's too high. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you that. That's my vantage point. Got the same vantage point for vaccines. If you need them, get them. Some people do. And if you don't, don't get them. Certainly, that's not my issue. My issues don't force it on anybody. And that will prevail in the long run, but not to diverge. So if you have a father, if you have a brother, if you have a sibling, if you have a significant other, and they don't like this pharmaceutical stuff, but their cholesterol's running at 250, 300, 350 and the cardiologist says you need to be on a statin drug or you're going to have a heart attack, that cardiologist is probably correct. But what about the other guy? What about the other guy whose cholesterol is high? According to what standard, of course, those standards change. Well, let me tell you how it goes really south. There's a guy named Oliver. I had him in the office a few months ago, and for sake of heart disease, they lowered Oliver's cholesterol to 140. I want you to catch this. It's fascinating. This guy, Oliver, a few months ago had a cardiovascular concern, so they lowered, with statin drugs, his wonderful, brilliant cardiologist, lowered his cholesterol to 140 with a statin drug. Here's a nuance. Oliver was lipemic in his constitution. Lipemic. What lipemic means is his natural, inordinate, genetically driven constitution was thicker skin, thicker lips, higher testosterone, more collagen, better aging, less wrinkling. Oliver's called lipemic. He has a tendency to look like that. Phenotypically, his presentation is more like that. And Oliver, because of that, has to have a higher blood cholesterol. He has to. His body's made that, the... Cell membranes of his entire body, all the gazillions of cells, has to have more cholesterol in the cell membrane. That's the way he's made. There are differences. If you look at a Primo Canera, remember Primo Canera? No, you don't. Primo Canera was a heavyweight fighter back in the 20s and 30s. Max Baer gave him a shellacking. Primo Canera, thick brow, oily complexion, from Italy, big boned. That's a lipemic constitution. It means that guy, off his genetics, is going to have to have more cholesterol in his body. Well, this guy, Oliver, was like that. And so when they lowered his cholesterol... All the way down to 140. Guess what he had? A hemorrhagic stroke. He hemorrhaged. He didn't have a stroke because he clotted. He had a stroke because he hemorrhaged. And he ran around thinking his blood was too thin because he hemorrhaged. Because his cardiologist said, since he wanted to get healthy, don't take any of those you know, healthy herbs and anything that will thin the blood because you had a hemorrhage when the fact is that that guy should never have been walking around with his cholesterol that low now if you look up do this to vet me you know this is the age of vetting everyone including the local priest is lying politician so you gotta vet people Do your Google search on this. Actually, do your DuckDuckGo search on this because Google won't put it in there if it's decent and has integrity. But either way, do your search on statin drugs and hemorrhagic strokes. Just do your search. Thousands of studies have been done showing a very positive correlation. Do your search on cholesterol-lowering drugs, meaning studies showing how much lowering the cholesterol shows an increase in hemorrhagic stroke. Get it from both angles. You'll see thousands of articles. And there's your controversy. Should Oliver have done a statin drug? No. But if Oliver didn't do a statin drug, Maybe Oliver would be running around with his cholesterol, not at a healthy 200, which wasn't healthy to them. To them, they wanted it down at 140, thus the stroke. But if Oliver hadn't done the statin drug, Oliver easily could have been the kind of person that would have lived with his cholesterol up at 300, 350, and that he would have had a heart attack or a embolic stroke, embolic as in blood clot stroke. So you see, this is why you pay a doctor. This is why we have health care. But what you get, unfortunately, in most cardiological offices is people who are just dispensing with the standard of care and taking five minutes to dispense with the standard of care and not applying real medicine. The medicine your medical doctor learns in school should include discretion, And discretion should include understanding that Oliver never should have been running around with cholesterol at 140. But what did Oliver get? Oliver got patted on the head by the cardiologist because he took his meds and had his cholesterol at 140. That's amazing. Why don't we bring it down to 100? Then you can lose your sex life and everything else that goes with it. And your whatever else. You won't have any muscles. So where's the discretion, and that's the problem. So pat yourself on the back for getting a little more educated. I could probably do this show in ten parts. But you're catching my drift. Then there's the other part, blood thinners. This gets a little kinky. And I don't mean that in the normal sense of the word. I mean, it gets sticky. Blood thinners. When you take Plavix, when you take Coumadin, when you take, I can't remember, it's L something, there's another one. When you take any one of these drugs, what they do, these blood thinners, is they affect platelet adhesion. To make a blood clot, to make a clot, one of the things you have to have to make a clot is stickier platelets. And stickier platelets is what these blood thinners control. They make the platelet less sticky. Now, if you look at a clot, a clot in an artery to the brain that causes a stroke, a clot in the heart as a derivative of atrial fibrillation, or a clot in the heart because of coronary plaque, thus a heart attack. If you look at a clot, so think of a clot of blood. It's like this blobby goop. Instead of like blood that flows, it's a blob, a clot. If you pick that clot up and you put it in your hand and you say, look at this blob of blood that we call a clot, part of that consistency of that blobbedness is that the platelets are sticking. That's part of it. But it's not all of it. It's only part of it. Another big part of it is the amount of fibrin in that clump or blob of blood. The amount of fibrin. Fibrin is this little strand. It's like a... Think of a spider's web. And think of every constituent part of what we call the web as fibrin. Fibrin is produced by immune system cells. And fibrin, okay, being derived from a protein called fibrinogen, is normal. But fibrin, for a bunch of reasons, can increase in its concentration and in the total amount of it. In the blood. And when you pick up that blob of blood, it's not just the stickiness of the platelets that make the blob, it's also the amount and concentration of fibrin, spiderweb like material, in that blob that determines the clot. So, one of the big myths in hematology and cardiovascular medicine is that now you're on that blood thinner and because you're on that blood thinner, you're not going to get that heart attack or your stroke. And if you pin down your cardiologist, he'll agree. Surely there are many other reasons for this. But that's not the way it works functionally. The way it works functionally is you're at risk because your cholesterol's too high or maybe you've had an event already and therefore you go on a blood thinner. Plavix, Coumadin, the various others. They come up with new ones all the time. That's where the money goes. And there isn't any emphasis put on fibrin. Fibrin, if you study some of my shows, Anton Wilson's book, Pasteur or Beauchamp, fibrin. From the 1870s in France, was the centerpiece of study for some of the greatest minds in medicine. Beauchamp being one, Claude Bernard, Virchow, Enderlin later on out of Germany. All microscopists and infectious disease guys that understood how central fibrin and and its amount in the blood, its concentration defines cardiovascular health. Whether you're going to get a clot, platelet adhesion aside, has so much to do with fibrin. We give this no concern whatsoever. None. Keeping in mind... Stickiness of the platelet is very, very narrowly narrowly regulated in the body. The body regulates platelet adhesion with enormous precision. But the amount of fibrin in the blood is way, way, way more variable. And you can have vast influence on the concentration of fibrin in the blood through lifestyle. And no influence on platelet adhesion through lifestyle. It's as if to say, the body is saying, hey, you, would you listen to me? I'm the body. We keep platelet adhesion where it's supposed to be, and you don't need to think about it. But... The variability in the amount and concentration of the fibrin, says the body, is up to you to take care of. Now, unfortunately, cardiology, hematology, overlooks all of this. You see, they overlook it. That's so unfortunate for all people that have these cardiovascular concerns. Because when we say herbs thin the blood, exercise thins the blood. When we say flushes thin the blood. When we say bringing down the free radical attack that occurs like a world war regularly in the bloodstream. When we say bringing that free radical attack down because of the proper changes in lifestyle. What we're saying is we're giving the body less reason to make more fibrin. So a fibrinolytic lifestyle has vast vast influence on that clot. But we overlook all this and we simply give you what's going to reduce platelet adhesion measured through prothrombin time and the INR. That's asinine. But if you're not gonna do anything, if you're not gonna take care of the health, if you're not gonna get educated, if you're not gonna be proactive, if you're gonna let everybody else do your thinking for you, well, maybe you should take a blood thinner. You see, it's the same thing. And what we're crafting, (coughs) what unfortunately is becoming the typical American is someone who really doesn't do anything for their health. And as the ecosystem disappears, will be more and more victimized. What do you think these vaccines are going to do to your (coughs) clotting mechanisms? Hmm? What do you think 40, 50, 60 vaccines into someone by the time they're 60 is going to do to their clotting mechanisms? I won't get into it. I'll only leave you with part one of the show. Listen to this again, straighttalk.cc. If you need to make a step towards a healthier life, you have my number, 714-850-1007. Take the leap now. Prevention is so much better. If you saw what I deal with each week, you would know prevention is so much better than cure. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Okay that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.